this morning, you know, as we sing that, I just, there's, I just, I just want to say thank you. You know, you hear what Christ did, you want to just thank him. How can you thank him enough for his goodness, for his mercy, for his forgiveness? How can we ever thank him enough? And we can't. We thank him with our, with our words, with our worship, with our presence. We thank him by by just giving our lives every single day that we wake up, we are a walking, we're a walking worship service everywhere we go because of God's grace and His mercy. So I want to want to say thank you to everyone who prayed for the last several nights. We had a great time up here. Uh, the band did an amazing job. The speaker did an amazing job. The Spirit of God came and He moved. We had, best we can tell, two people. Two people were saved this past weekend. Two young people. Give God <laughs> praise for that. It was awesome. It was really, really awesome. I mean, those of you, if you see like a clip or two floating around on Facebook or whatever, God was, God was in this place. It was moving. It was, it was just a sweet, sweet time to be together with students, be together with others, and it was, it was good. We are, we are blessed. We are blessed, men and women, boys and girls. We are blessed to have a... A Savior who paid it all. He paid everything. He, he went the distance for us. He went all the way. Yes, Christ was on a mission, and the mission took him through the cross. He took him, he took him not just to the cross. I, I struggled this past week with what to call this because I didn't want to call the mission the cross. I didn't want to call it just being the cross because we know there's more after that. Because we have a Savior who came to this world and lived a sinless, perfect life, and yes, was murdered there on a cross, but he didn't stay dead. He rose. That separates us from every other religion, every other sect, every other, every other belief out there. Our Savior lives. He is not dead. He is not in a grave. He is alive. We know we've got Easter coming up next week, but we can celebrate Easter every single day of our life. We celebrate the living Savior, the living Lord Jesus, He is holy and worthy. And, and as I, you're right, it's an amazing thing to hear the praise, the saints praising and worshiping King Jesus all around you. That's what heaven's going to be like forever and ever and ever. We don't know what it's going to be like, but we know He's there. I said earlier, you know, I just want to see Him. Don't you want to see Him? You know, there at the end of Revelations where it says, come quickly, come quickly. I want Him to come quickly. I wish He'd come on. Some of our young people are saying, yeah, but I want to get married first. I want to give, have life first. I want, to see, I want to see my kids grow up. I want to see who that marry and all of that. Yeah, but I just want to see Jesus. Isn't that going to be awesome to see the one who made it all possible, to see the one who gave me hope, who gives you hope. He is who we come. He is who we long to see. Y'all, let's pray. Father God, we love you. We do look forward to seeing you, Jesus. We look forward to seeing you, Father God, and God, as we worship you there in eternity forever and ever, ever what it's going to look like, ever what heaven is going to be like, God, we know it's going to be awesome because you are there. And Lord, you didn't, you didn't leave us without hope of getting there. You have given us hope. And Lord, I pray right now for every person in this room, every person that's watching, every person that will tune in even later, Lord, I pray that they have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and that they know Him as Lord and Savior. But if they do not, Lord, I pray that even today, God, they would surrender themselves. They would stop running, stop wrestling, stop trying to figure life out on their own, and simply surrender 
their selves to your perfect will and allow you to be Lord and Savior of their life. Lord, bless this morning. Continue to be in it. Be in it in the reading of your word in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn with me over to the book of John, John chapter 12. We're going to read some here in John, and then we're going to bounce over to the to Isaiah, prophet Isaiah, written 700 or so years before Jesus came on the scene. He was already telling us exactly what it would look like. He was already telling us exactly what uh, was going to take place there. We know this is Palm Sunday. We, I mentioned earlier about how busy this week is in the Christian calendar. All the events, so much of Scripture, so much of the Gospels take place. I want to tell you also what I said earlier. I want to encourage you this week, go home and read the Gospels. Go home and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It sort of plays out. You're in the beginning, you hear the stories, you see how Jesus comes, you see His birth, and then you see Him start working His ministry. He starts calling His disciples to Himself. He starts you read the parables, you, read, you see all the miracles, you see all the wonderful things that he does. And then you get toward the end of the books. And you start seeing the crucifixion week, the passion week that Christ heads into Jerusalem. And, and we'll read here in just a moment, they lay the palm branches down. And, and those same, it's, it's always interesting. I've preached Easter many times and I preach it always some way different from a different angle or a different thought or a different way. But I often think about those, those worshipers who in just a moment, well, look at what they do. Look at, look at verse 12. On the next day, the large crowd who had come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem took the branches of the palm trees and went out to meet him and began to shout, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. You know, it's hard to... Are there... Were there... Men and women who laid the branches down, who were still in Jerusalem a week later, almost a week later, when they were screaming, crucify him? Possibly. But the way it usually worked was they were constantly filtering in and out of Jerusalem there to come and worship during the Passover week. So, no, it may not have been the same people. But it was people. No, it may not have been the exact same people that brought the branches and laid them down and sang, Hail King Hosanna, who comes in the name of the Lord. Who, who what, a few days later is saying, crucify him. Crucify him. May not have been the same people, but they were people. Just like us. People just like us. We would have worshipped at one moment and screamed, crucify the next. We would have sang his praises at one moment and sang crucify him the next. And to think yet he still went forward with it all. You just want to say thank you. <laughs> what other words can you give? God, we praise you. We thank you. We bless your holy name. That you did not leave us hopeless. That you did not leave us on a path that was heading straight to a devil's hell. But he sent forth his son, his only begotten son, so that you and I could have hope, so that you and I could have forgiveness. Jesus on the Passion Week as he starts, enters into Jerusalem, and they lay the branches down. 
And he, Jesus finding a young donkey, verse 14, he said on it, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, seated on a donkey. These things his disciples did not understand at the first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written of him and that they had done these things to him. That word, he would be glorified. Jesus, over, look over at verse 27. The cross, the cross was the purpose. He came, he came to the cross. Look, he says, now my soul has become troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. For 33 years, Jesus lived a perfect, sinless life. And he came to this hour. This climax, this moment. To where he would face death, death on a cross, a death that he didn't deserve, a punishment he didn't deserve. He was sinless. I wouldn't give my child, I wouldn't give Hamilton, I wouldn't give Adeline, I wouldn't give Avery an ocean floor, or I wouldn't give Harley, I wouldn't give one of them for any of you. And I'm, that's, that's how we are. I wouldn't give my child from, for you. I love my kids. But God gave his son for people that rejected him. For people that, for people that think about it, church. For people that one moment are saying, Hosanna. And they're worshiping him. And the next moment they're saying, crucify him. That's who he sent his son for. That's who he sent his son to. That's me. That's you. That's what God did for us. I mean, to, to think that Christ came to this earth and, and he came on missions, but, to, but the mission took him through the most devastating, took him through the cross. He had to endure the cross. He had to endure my penalty and your penalty. He had to endure the world's penalty. Then there while on the cross he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what to do. What great love. What an amazing act of love. That God sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. What an amazing thought that is. Is that we have hope. You have hope. Because we don't serve a dead God. We serve a living God. He's glorified. He's, Father, glorify. Verse 28, Father, glorify your name. And notice this, then a voice came out of heaven. I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. I sent you and I'm going to raise you up again here soon. So the crowd of people who stood by and heard it were saying that it had thundered. And others were saying an angel had spoken to him. And Jesus answered and said, this voice has not come for my sake, but for your sake. Now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, I love this, and I, if I am lifted up from this earth, will draw all men to myself. But he was saying this to indicate the kind of death by which he was to die. It was no accident. The cross was no accident. The cross was just the instrument. The cross was the instrument God used to punish sin 
And instead of punishing the ones who, do, who had sinned, he punished his son instead. I don't think we would have written it that way. I don't think we would have looked at it. I don't, I don't think we would have wrote the story quite that way. I, I would not have given mine. You would not have given yours. Nobody would give theirs for the guilty. She hadn't done nothing. He hadn't done nothing. They were the guilty ones. See the love. See how far he went. And you know. People still reject that. People still reject Jesus. People are still trying to find forgiveness in some other way. People are still trying to find Hope and joy and peace and love and happiness. They're still trying to find it in some other avenue other than Jesus. And nowhere else was love shown so great as it was there on the cross. And yet people are trying to find salvation in some other place. Are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? If you died right now, where would you spend eternity? What's your answer? If your answer is anything other, I'm a Christian. If your answer is anything other than, I'm a Christian because of Jesus. I'm a Christian because Jesus Christ came to this earth and he lived and he died on a cross and he was buried in a tomb. And three days later, he rose victorious over death. And because of his death, burial, and resurrection, he has forgiven me of my sins. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. Jesus is my hope. If your answer to are you a Christian is anything other than Jesus, then you're lost. You are not a Christian if you're finding salvation anywhere else. It's exclusive. He's the only way. Period. He says he's the only way. How can a person, how can humanity, how can people, how can a person sit in and hear the word of God, hear the worship of God's people to God, and hear that he sacrificed his son in the place of sinful men? He sacrificed Jesus. He, he poured his wrath out on the innocent son. Instead of pouring it out on the ones deserving of penalty, deserving the punishment, deserving the death. And people still reject that. Don't reject Jesus. I pointed unto man once to die, and then there's going to be a judgment. And at that moment, the only thing that matters is what you did with that Jesus. Was it just a story the preachers got excited about? Was it just a story that a bunch of men put together this book and for some amazing reason, for some amazing reason that nobody can comprehend, they can destroy everything, but they can't destroy this book. They can burn every copy, but they're still copies. They can try and try and try, and guess what? We still got it, and it don't change. It never changes, and it's always relevant, and it's always real. It's living and breathing and active. And people reject it. 
People say there's got to be something more. There's got to be more. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. There is no more. Just trust Christ. Christ is your only hope. Go with me over to Isaiah. Isaiah 53. In Isaiah 53 we see you, you, people, the world, even they, they, they expected a, a ruler. They expected a great king. They expect, expected a great soldier, a general to lead them in battle against the, the Roman occupation and the Roman oppression. That's what they were wanting, but Jesus didn't come that way. Jesus never is what we want, but he's exactly what we needed. Jesus, Jesus is, the world paints it as this, this, this lie. But he's everything. He's everything. Look, look. Who has believed our message? and To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of parched ground. He, he has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him. Nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. But notice this. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Let your spirit hear this. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging we are healed. We deserved it but he took it. We We were the transgressor and he took the penalty. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for enduring the cross for us. Thank you for taking the punishment I deserve. Thank you for taking the punishment we all deserve. Don't reject Jesus. Don't reject this Savior. For those of you who haven't, and I believe, here's what I'm believing. I'm believing every one of us are Christians. That's what I'm believing. I'm believing every single one of us, one of these days, are going to be able to get to heaven and we're going to see King Jesus and we're going to worship Him together forever and ever and ever. God forbid you don't make it. God forbid you miss Christ on this side of eternity. He had to go through the cross. That was part of it father looked over at the son and said go get him or go make a way for him he said go get him just yet he's soon going to quickly I hope come quickly Lord Jesus but he said go make a way and he came can you imagine stepping out of perfect perfect infinite perfection coming to this place being born and having been tempted in all ways scripture says he was 100% God and yet 100% man. I don't understand it. He just was. 
sinless, perfect, and came to take my place. God came to take my place. God came and took the punishment I deserved. God came and took took what I should have received and poured it out on His Son. And what did I get? I benefited from that. We are the beneficiaries of such great love and mercy and grace. It's not comprehensible, truly. We can't wrap our minds totally around it, truly. We, by faith, just simply hold on to Him with everything we got. Look at, look, keep reading. It was, all of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to His own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on Him. He was oppressed and He was afflicted. Yet He did not open His mouth. Like a lamb that is led to slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before its shearers. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgressions of my people to whom the stroke was due. His grave was assigned with the wicked, yet he was with a rich man in his death. Because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. Look at verse 10. I'll, eternity will understand verse 10. Right now we just praise God for the implications of it. But the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring. He will prolong his days. And the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in him. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied. And by, by his knowledge, the righteous one, my servant, will justify the many. And he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will allot him a portion with the great. And he will divide the booty with the strong because he poured out himself to death and he was numbered with the transgressions. Yet he himself bore the sin of many and interceded for the transgressors. Have you trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior? I'm only assuming. If you're at church on a Sunday morning, I'm only assuming you're a Christian. I'm only assuming you're a believer. I'm only assuming if you died going home, you're going you're gonna to... Enter into Christ's presence. Jesus looked over at the thief on the cross here this week. He looks over at the thief on the cross and he says, Remember me. Remember me when you enter into your paradise. And Jesus said, This day you'll be with me. Paul says to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. For believers. Are you a Christian? Okay. We sing, we worship, we sing those songs. Do you, you just excited? I mean, this is an exciting week for us as believers. Go read the Gospels and be reminded. Go to work and school and everywhere else you go this week with a big old smile on your face because your Savior lives. And we can do that every day of our life. He, he took your place. He took your penalty. He took the wrath that you rightfully deserve. Praise God, He interceded. He did what we could never do for ourselves. 
I couldn't save myself. I couldn't forgive myself. I couldn't. You couldn't. He did it for me. Praise God. He had to go through the cross. He had to go through the cross. That was part of it. He had to go through the cross to get to the tomb. And you know what? That tomb is empty. He's alive. He's alive. Jesus is alive. Guys, this world is a messed up place, but Jesus is alive. This world is, is, is messed up. It's crazy. They call evil good and good evil. They, it's backwards now, but Jesus is Lord still. He's still alive. He's still on his throne. Don't miss him, please. Don't miss Christ. Don't let, your, don't let you saying, well, I was raised, listen, I was raised a certain way and I've always been told that you had to do this and this and this and this and I'm just coming to church because my wife goes here or my husband goes here or my mom and daddy go here or this is just where my friends are. The Bible says salvation is found in no other name except Jesus. Jesus says he's the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. There is no other salvation. Please don't be hanging on to anything else. Please don't be trying to work for your salvation. Or being good enough for your salvation. Or you're not good enough. You're not good enough apart from what he did. But when you, but when you trust him. When you trust him. He forgives us. I don't understand it. He just forgives us. He makes us his very own. He takes his righteousness. And he puts it on us. And he takes our sin. And he, he put it on the cross. And the wrath of God was poured out there on the cross of Calvary. That wrath that I should have gotten. And that you should have gotten. He took for us. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, that you went through the cross. That you suffered so we wouldn't have to. I want us to pray. Let's all stand as we pray this morning. Father God, we thank you. God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We love you. Whatever words you can say, whatever words you have in your spirit, just praise him in your spirit. Christians, praise him in your spirit. What are, you, what are your words? Thank you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for being my sacrifice. Thank you for taking my place. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for being my Lord. Aren't words weak? Aren't words weak, church? But you know how we worship Him. We worship Him with our lives. We praise Him with our lives. We Praise Him with, with every ounce of energy that we have, with our energy and our efforts, our thoughts. Forgive Him ourselves. We praise Him. We can't thank Him enough. We can't praise Him enough. We can't live for Him enough. We, we love You. God, we love You. 
you hear your sons and daughters in this room God together corporately we are saying this morning we love you thank you Jesus for doing that for us thank you Jesus for going to the cross and, and, and utterly destroying Satan utterly destroying any hope he had Satan you are defeated in Jesus' name you have no authority, you have no power, you have no influence. You are defeated in the empty tomb of the living Lord Jesus. God, we say thank you for that. We say thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray.